Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. With the 48th pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Jaquan Brisker, defensive back, Penn State. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The School in Odyssey Station. Indeed, it's Saturday Suckage. Big voice guy just told you that. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Mike Esposito on Saturday Suckage. You heard the, the clip from the Bears drafting Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State. 6'1", 206 pounds. And we're going to go back to the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And we welcome to the show Mark Wogenrich. He covers Penn State for Fan Nation at SI.com. He covered the Nittany Lions. He knows Jaquan Brisker. Mark, welcome to the show. Tell us what the Bears are getting in in Jaquan Brisker on the field and off the field. Yeah, first of all, I appreciate you having me on today. Thanks so much. Um, I don't know the I, I don't know the needs for the Chicago Bears in this draft. So if they need a safety who can cover a lot of a lot of ground is terrific in run support. Can cover slot receivers. Can play really both positions in the safety. Knows the game of football. Maybe could use a little, you know, um, a, a little time to get healthy. Necessarily, I think he played a lot of last year, um, injured. But a guy who knows football, knows that game, and and who Penn State used in a bunch of different positions, almost even as a corner on occasion, uh, that's who they're getting in Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, and it, it certainly sounds like he is going to step right into uh, the starting lineup for the Bears. I mean, he's going to be given every opportunity. They drafted Kyler Gordon, the corner, with their first pick and uh, Brisker with their second, second-round pick. Um, and, and there is a need there, certainly, but uh, it, it sounds like, from what I've read and from what I've seen of Penn State watching them uh, play last year, uh, that he was certainly one of the leaders on that team and certainly on the defense. You can make the argument he was their best defensive player. I think Penn State would make that argument. They made him the defensive MVP. And between him, excuse me, and their defensive end, Arnold Evacati, who went to Atlanta in in the second round, those were their two real impact defensive players. The key, though, is that Evacati came from Temple as a transfer um, Jaquan Brisker had been in the program for a couple of years. He actually came from a junior college as a transfer to a junior college in Northeast Pennsylvania called Lackawanna that produces a lot of really good football talent. 
and the Penn State has a really good football relationship with. They bring players in from Lackawanna quite a bit. Jaquan was that guy that, that they knew going in that he was going to be the player they were going to lean on, and it, it was evident right away the first game they went to Wisconsin. Uh, was was leading 16-10. Wisconsin's driving, and Jaquan Brisker made an interception at basically at the goal line that was the beginning of of you know kind of sealing that victory. His teammate made another interception later. But one of the great things that Jaquan Brisker did on that play, and I'm sure that replay has been shown quite a bit. I'm sure you've seen it. Is not only did he he read uh, Graham Mertz, the Wisconsin quarterback, on the throw, was thrown to the tight end, and, and that's a touchdown if he hits it. But he almost kind of baited him into it. He's, he he leaned up into the uh, in, into the line of scrimmage so that he or closer to the line of scrimmage so they looked like he was going to play run. And then he knew exactly. I think what well, he said he knew exactly the play that they were going to run. He had actually seen it from the stationary bike on the sideline that they kind of you know a little bit of a play action. Look like they're going to run and just throw the quick thing over the middle to the tight end. Perfectly diagnosed that. That was a huge play. He made a lot of plays like that. He's really good in the diagnostic sense from that position. And that's why I think Penn State used him so much in that ground. And also um, to bring pass rushing. He had like five and a half tackles for loss last year. And a lot of that's because he just gets into the he just gets into the uh, into the backfield and he makes plays back there. He makes plays all over the field. That's his big thing. Well, good luck trying to bait the next quarterback from the state of Wisconsin that he's going to face because <laughs> Bears, Bears safety have not done well in that regard. But I want to go back to something you said earlier. Mark Wogenrich is our guest. He covers Penn State for Fan Nation at SI.com. When you said he wasn't healthy, I thought we were past the idea of Bears drafting their guy, getting guys pre-injured. What was bothering him? How serious is it? What held him back? What Fill us in on that. Well, he played most of the year. Penn State really is shy about injuries, uh, so they don't really discuss it. But it was pretty clear that he had a shoulder injury for a good part of the year. And it, it really is something that came up early in the season. I mean, in that Wisconsin game, he came out of the game several times. And then he was off and on with that all year. I think it probably it impacted him a little bit. You know, it, he kept it quiet uh, as Penn State does. He had a then he also had a bit of a just a minor, minor, minor back thing. I think that limited him at the, the combine a little bit. But he came back and, and tested well at Penn State's pro day. So I don't know the extent necessarily of if it's a long term shoulder problem, but it was something that he, he played through. He didn't really miss any time last year, so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it you know something that you know, that. That would have dropped him in, in the uh, in the draft or anything. What affected his draft status? It's more something, I think, that he was just he just gritted through. Mark uh, Brisker had talked about uh, pretty openly about how you know coming out of high school when he was a a, a very uh, highly rated recruit, but academically he didn't make the cut, so he had to go to the end of the junior college route. Uh, and he talked about how he kind of grew from that and how he used that as a as a learning experience. And it certainly sounds like. Uh, he has the maturity and, and has uh, benefited from that uh, after the JC route and then and then several years at Penn State. Yeah, that's one of the things I was mentioning about that junior college. Specifically, Lackawanna does a really good job in, in the prep route overall. They do place a lot of players. And again, Penn State and James Franklin have a really good relationship with their head coach there, um, a guy named Mark Duda. The one thing that, I mean, Jaquan could have come out last year. There was a group of those guys with him. Um, with Jahan Dotson, who went in the first round. 
with their cornerback, Tariq Castro-Fields. They could have left after 2020. 2020 was a mess. I mean, just a wholesale mess. Some of those guys, again, they, you know, they played through, you know, were hurt a little bit at that time. And just that season went just completely wrong for Penn State. And they could have just said, see, they were all, you know, they were all draftable prospects after the 2020 season. And one of the things Jaquan said, the reason he came back was to finish his degree. It was very important to him. I, you know, I, I totally believed him in that sense. He put a lot of time into that. He put a lot of time into film study and that sort of thing. So he also put a lot of time into the degree, the, into the degree aspect of it as well. So you're getting an older player too. I think that's one of the important things. You're you're not getting a, you know a, thir- a three and out kind of 19 year old. I'm just getting your 20 20 21 year old guy. I just want to get to the NFL. He's wanted to get to the NFL for a while, but he's taken the necessary steps to get there. He didn't shortcut anything. We're talking with Mark Wogenrich. He covers Penn State for Fan Nation at SI.com. We're talking Jaquan Brisker right here on The Score, Chicago Sports Radio 670. When you talked about his injury, shoulder injury, this is concerning. And I don't know if he was a – one of the criticisms that I've read in the scouting reports on Jaquan Brisker is that he – He can be physical in run support, but slides off ball carriers when he doesn't wrap up and drive his feet. When you drive your feet, then your shoulders are going to hit a ball carrier. If your shoulders hurt, you're going to become a worse tackler. And we we leave all the bad tackling to Eddie Jackson. He's already cornered the market on bad tackling. So is that something that wasn't the case a season ago, but you think attributed is attributable to the injury he suffered last season? It's possible um, in that sense. I, I don't know what you know how he would have compensated necessarily for playing through that. Penn State just largely had tackling issues, had tackling issues over the last couple of years, and you can attribute that just to changes in college football too, and how teams just don't practice it as much. You know, so there's broader issues with that. They have other that other defensive players in their secondary and a linebacker who just aren't the best physical form tacklers that you would have. They just seem to have hitters in a sense. And he's a big hitter. There's no question. I can't remember necessarily from last year, any true missed tackles on his part, any like sort of glaring missed tackle issues that I would say, wow, he just, he, he didn't wrap. He didn't do that last year. Not to say that that wouldn't have happened. I just, I don't necessarily remember those specifically plays that would have, you know, been a two yard gain that went for 20 or something like that. I think he's. I, I, I think he has good form in uh, for, you know as a safety tackling up. Yeah, Mark, and and it certainly mm-hmm. sounds. You mentioned his age. I, I did look at this. He's 23 years old. You mentioned the uh, dues that he paid coming up through JC and then coming through three years of Penn State. Um, so he is going to be, and I, I know this, and this is you know the the Bears have acknowledged this with their new GM Ryan Poles. They, you know, they have a lot of holes. They, they need to fill needs, and these guys are going to get immediate chances. And it certainly sounds like in the draft, we've seen this with their all three of their picks, right? These are guys that are going to have an opportunity to step in immediately. And it certainly sounds from what you're sharing with us about Brisker and his personality and how he is on the field, uh, his smarts, et cetera, that he's going to be able to, to capitalize on that right away. Yeah, I think positionally – you know, he and Jahan Dotson are Penn State's two most polished NFL-ready players. 
And I would, I would even, I think I would put Jahan, or excuse me, I would put Jaquan ahead of Jahan Dotson, in the sense that I think there are maybe some that Jahan's going to have. Jahan Dotson probably is going to have a bigger transition to the NFL in Washington than Jaquan Brisker will have at the NFL with Chicago. He just, he, I think he has a full, a full set of tools and experience and ability to read and diagnose. That is going to make him NFL ready. If not from the outset, then you know it won't take him long to get up to speed. Mark, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the information. Good knowledge here. Thank you for joining appreciate us. Appreciate. Thanks the score for having today. me. Have a great. Yeah, have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Mark Wogenrich. He covers Penn State for Fan Nation at si.com. We're talking the NFL draft here on the score draft coverage. You need to know this. Draft coverage on the score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. We are the pregame show for the real thing. The score's Bears NFL draft show will follow us. Right after us, 2 to 5.30. Mully, and he'll be presiding over it with Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and live from Hallis Hall, Mark Grody. We had Grody on earlier. The news of the day, in case you missed it, is the Bears' Ryan Poles made a deal. He traded next year's, he traded the pick that he got from the Chargers in the Khalil Mack trade back to the Chargers. He traded next year's sixth-round pick for this year's consecutive seventh. So they got two seventh-round picks. They went into the day with three picks. They got five now, and they'll end up with eight if they keep them all. Who knows what they'll do, what they'll package, where they'll go. And they, the, the, when the Bears make a pick, if they don't trade up into the first round, I mean into the fourth round, which is the first round today, then we should expect a call from Grody around 1 o'clock, a little before, a little after. That's about the time they would make that pick, the first of two fifth round picks they've got two two of three picks in the in the fifth round 148 and 150 and a sixth round pick and two sevenths now yeah they did yesterday yes espo i was just gonna say we are about uh 10 or 12 picks uh left in the fourth round here so still no action from the bears i have the tracker live popping up here on the computer we've got picks we've got things going on uh, but uh, so far, nothing from the Bears except the seventh-round trade that you mentioned there. Well, the Bears drafted two defensive players, two defensive backs yesterday, and they drafted either they either Devin Hester or Debo Samuel or the unholy love child of both, or they <laughs> they took a flyer on somebody that Justin Fields wanted, and it may or may not work out just like Justin Fields himself. We will find out from someone who played the game what he thought of what the Bears did yesterday in Ryan Poles' first three draft picks. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mike Esposito. This is Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score. It certainly is. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mike Esposito with you on Saturday Suckage. We're discussing the NFL draft. draft. Draft coverage on the score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. We're going back to the scores 
guest line. The score hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We welcome back to the show our friend Jim Schwantz, part of the WBBM 780 AM pregame, postgame, halftime show. And Mayor of Palatine waiting for the fallout from the Bears moving to Arlington Heights and wondering <laughs> how much of uh, Palatine the expansion of Route 53 is going to take. But now we have an expanded roster. We have players to fill something. Jim, welcome to the show. What did you think of what the Bears did yesterday with their first three picks in the draft? Well, I think what we saw, we, we learned a little bit about Ryan Poles and, and Coach Eberflus that they're, um, you know, they're looking to fill holes in the roster. I mean, this isn't the... Uh, the best player on the board, that's who they're going to go get, regardless of what position they play. They were looking to fill immediate holes. And, you know, the Bears had a rotating uh, chair opposite of Jalen Johnson last year. And, you know, uh, and Travis Gibson back at, at the uh, at the safety position was, was, a, was a, you know, solid player, a good placeholder. And they think they've got their guy for to play strong safety for the next five, five to ten years. And, you know they've they've uh, they've certainly gotten very young in the secondary. You know, one of the youngest secondaries in the NFL, and um, and, and and in the the minds of, of, of Ryan Poles, this is a, a position, a, a group, I should say, position group that they shouldn't have to worry about, with the exception of the, you know, the your your, your slot corner, and if they go into any other dime personnel. Um, so depth is what they'd be looking for beyond that. But they feel like they've got their four starters that they can pencil in for the next five years. Jim, uh, what do you make of their, uh, I don't want to say inaction, but they have not gone offensive line yet. Um, we know the struggles that they had there last year, and, and we've also read, uh, you know, and seen the reports uh, with, you know, them uh, working with Borum and Jenkins, uh, you know, from last year's draft as, as their tackles. Um, do you think this is a case of uh, that they actually – believe that those two guys are going to be their starting tackles, so they didn't uh, go that way? Or is this a case of just how the how the board fell to them, do you think? Well, I don't know, Mike. I think, um, you know, certainly as you look at the position, um, you know, the draft is, 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 a, is a deeper draft for, for some of these O-linemen. But the guys that are, you know, the difference makers, your, your, your you know, franchise-type guys, I believe they were all off the board by the time they got ready to go at the 39th pick. But – there are still a lot of value out there. I think, you know, there's still moves to be made. Um, but, but to long answer your question, yes, I believe those are your, you know, Borum and Jenkins are, are your two tackles next year. And then they're going to fill, fill the inside and, and whether or not, again, you can lock those guys in as franchise type guys, it, it, you know, the, the, uh, the story's yet to be, to be written with regards to those guys. They had good starts to their careers. Um, you know, certainly uh, uh, getting the opportunity to play last year, but, um, you know, I'm not reading too much into this. You know, I, I've read reports where, you know, this is the organization's way of saying, hey, this offense is just not ready to take that next step. Why invest in a top-line receiver? Why invest in a, you know, top-line skill guy? Um, and, again, that just makes me think that they didn't think in their minds the value was there for an offensive lineman at the 39th pick, at least who was left. We're talking with Jim Schwantz uh, right here on The Score. Jim's part of the WBBM 780 AM pregame, postgame, halftime show. And he won a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys. So so part of, you know, in building to that point, and Ryan Poles won't use the word rebuild, and, and I think that's dishonest in a lot of ways. I don't know if he's playing to his bosses. I don't know. I don't know if he thinks he can play Bears fans for stupid. The last GM tried that, and he was he was 
resoundingly beaten up for it. So what do you make of it when, when there's a lot of work to be done and you can draft to fill holes and wherever you draft, you have filled a hole. What do you make of the GM saying that compared with his actions? Well, I, you know, let's start by saying, Rosie, I think the NFL is, is, out of all the major sports, I still believe the one sport you can get good quickest. And that's just the way it's built, uh, you know, maybe with the salary cap uh, or the ways that things, uh, um, the, the, the draft, the way they, 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 uh, um, they, they reward teams for, for not, not, not having good seasons. You can go ahead, albeit not for the Bears, of course, because they don't have those picks, but you know, if they had they had those higher picks, the teams that had the two picks in the first round, they got good really quickly. Now, whether the Jets take the step to go from as poor as they were last year to you know a team that has six, seven, eight wins, yet, yet to be told. But I still believe you can do it quickly. So you know whether that's just Ryan Poles just kind of being new in the position, uh, maybe it is coming from the higher ups. I don't know, but but there's no doubt this team is in, in, is in a rebuild type of a process. I mean. Why do you go out and trade, you know, a Khalil Mack and, and not go out and try to, you know, retain an Akeem Hicks? I mean, obviously Akeem Hicks and, and, and Mack were both guys that were, were oft injured, um, but when they were on the field, they were, they were absolutely unblockable and difference makers. But so you make those trades to, to acquire more picks to, to try to rebuild this franchise and rebuild it from, from basically the ground up. And, you know, they think they've got their quarterback. They think they've got some, some good pieces around. You know, Roquan Smith is a guy they're going to look to probably extend. What do they do with uh, with Robert Quinn? You know, a guy coming off of a career year, um, all-time sack, season sack leader for the Chicago Bears. You know, is he going to be around when this team is finally ready to, to break through and be and be competitive in, 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 in winning uh, division titles and, and potentially going beyond that? Uh, you know, that yet is yet to be seen. So um, there are still some pieces, obviously, that need to be a lot of pieces that need to be placed into this whole thing. But um, but they feel they're on their way, at least uh, from with regards to what they've done this offseason and now uh, on, the, on the second day of the draft. Yeah. And, Jim, uh, I think the you know, the the message is clear, you know, without saying it right. I mean, they're trying to get younger and faster and more skilled at the, at the skill positions and they are trying to address needs and there are just too many needs right you're not going to solve it in one offseason you're not going to solve it in one draft um you're going to do your best in free agency but you know they're, they're probably not going to make any big splashes there right i mean there this is going to be a slow and steady build but um certainly that defensive backfield if you talk about last year's bears team and where they struggled that defensive backfield uh was certainly a great place to start in terms of uh finding some uh more improved players there Absolutely, Mike, and, and you know it goes it goes without saying. It kind of goes hand in hand. You know when the Bears were able to get after the passer and they were able to generate pressure, that secondary look is, didn't look so bad. I mean there were there were guys that that made plays. You know Jalen Johnson. I know if you read from some of of his clips from last year, he didn't feel like he played as well as he could. He he, he really is disappointed with the way, and that's that's good. That's a guy, that's a kid that doesn't have a hard time looking in the mirror. And, and self-scouting himself and being his hardest critic. Those are the guys that you want to have, you know, on your roster. You know, we all know what happened with Eddie last year. Eddie Jackson played terribly. Um, he, he's he's, a, he's not, not a very willing tackler. 
He's not a guy that doesn't like he, – he, they had him down at the line of scrimmage, and he had a couple of plays that he made down there where he kind of flashed and said, maybe this is where he needs to be. And then all of a sudden he came up against a running back one-on-one in the in the hole and was, was disinterested in tackling him. So hopefully he can get back to hit where he was before he got that contract extension and, uh, and, and play at a high level. And then you add the two young guys. Yeah, I mean, certainly it was Kyler and Jaquan are, are two guys you pencil in as starters on day one. And then and, and you go and you go to work and, and we know what happens in the secondary. A lot of it has to play just like the old line. You gotta you gotta play together. You gotta understand each other's uh, uh, you know idiosyncrasies, things that you do, the, the nonverbal communication that goes on back there. Um, that, that you can when you get to that level and you're playing as a unit, that's that's when, when you're going to certainly be special. But you know it, it goes without saying again. You, you certainly are looking at. Um, you know, it's not just those four guys. Everything in the NFL is now sub packages. It's all three wide receiver sets. So you better have depth there. And the Bears are going to have to work through that and find some depth because, you know, they, they went out and got Tavon Young. And I think he's a guy that he's a veteran. He's somebody you can put in the slot. But, but that unit is going to be tested, you know, off, off, pretty much each and every week because it's such a pass-happy league in the NFL especially during the regular season. You get in the, into the into the postseason, I think it gets back to fundamental football at the line of scrimmage. you got to win at the line of scrimmage. But from you know in a, in a non-conference week seven game you know where you're playing on the road, you better be able to, to cover people because it kind of turns into a seven-on-seven matchup. Or at least cover the spread because the NFL is so interested in, <laughs> in, in gambling and so in bed with it. Our guest is Jim Schwantz. He is part of the pregame, postgame, halftime show on 780 AM WBBM, our brother station. And we're talking NFL draft here of what the Bears did. If you were if you were Justin Fields' coach, or you're just an observer, and you had to make a list of the top three things, the top three priorities for him to fix or work on or change in order what would they be in this offseason? Well, I think, you know, he came out of Ohio State, and everything we always heard was he was such a great deep ball thrower. Because at Ohio State, it was the deep to short. Everything was deep to short. Well, that's, you know, you play in the Big Ten, you've got, you got uh, you know, uh, top talent uh, each and every week. You know you've got better skill position players. That made a lot of sense. So I, I struggled last year watching him with the deep ball. I think, you know, he had an opportunity – on a couple throws to, you know, to hit guys down the, down the seam. I, I know uh, Darnell Mooney got behind the secondary a couple of times, um, and, and, and he just missed them. He just absolutely missed them. So, you know, his, his accuracy uh, uh, with regards to the deep ball, I think especially, you know, as they continue to try to add speed to stretch the field, you don't get those opportunities. You, you may take you know, it may take two quarters of a game, a half a game, to set up a play to be able to hit a deep ball. It's not like it's just – comes each and every each and every play it, it takes scheme it takes the right call at the right timing it's the right defense and it doesn't happen very often so you got to be able to hit those decision making I think is a big thing too he was you know when he was put into a position to have to try to read uh, the, the, the 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 width of the field the horizontal uh, read of the field he certainly struggled I think that's why Bear fans liked seeing him on the move or seeing the moving pocket it's a traditional thing because it certainly takes away half of the reads. You you, you become a, a one or two read type of a play, and then let his athleticism, you know, take take on from there. And then I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is is you know teams are going to want to they're, they're going to get after him certainly because he doesn't like uh, uh, the the pressure. He got he got blitzed a lot last year, sacked a lot last year. 
you've got to limit the number of hits that he takes. So whether that's him, you know, kind of making business decisions and getting out of bounds or getting down, he did a pretty decent job of that last year. What you worry about with young quarterbacks is they start to see ghosts. If you get hit enough, you start thinking people are around you, and that, and then all of a sudden you, your eyes come down, you're not reading the field, you're thinking about getting hit, you're worried about getting hit, and then you start to, you start to be less effective as a quarterback when you go through the, uh, the progressions with your reads. So you know, there, there, a lot of it has to do with you know, him just maturing, taking that next step, and you know, hopefully with a, with a new quarterback's uh, a room, a new quarterback coach, a new quarterback uh, offensive coordinator, um, you know, they can they can be whispers, the right type of things in his ear, and and get him to take that next step because he, he certainly does have a lot of work to do. He's got a lot of athleticism, got a big arm, he's got all the things you would hope for in a young quarterback. He's just got to take a big step next year. Hey Jim, as somebody who was on a lot of successful uh, rosters with the Bears, and and this is clearly going to be one with a lot of new faces, both on the player side uh, as well as as we already know, new coaches, new front office people. What, what is the biggest thing as they head into camp and as they head into the, the 2022 season for Matt Eberflus and for Ryan Poles and really for all of them, how do, how do they pull this together as best as possible with so many new faces? Well, I think, Mike, the, 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 the early on, I think what you've got to try to do, and this is the most, I, I feel, some of the most difficult thing. We talk about the locker room and, and you know, getting the locker room culture change and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's always been about competition. You know, the best teams I ever played on had competition everywhere, whether it was in the weight room, whether it was in the film room, whether it was on the practice field, it was on game field. I mean, I remember being a, a, a nickel linebacker in Dallas and going out on third down and literally having to separate guys because it was a third down play and it was a third and long. And I got, I've got Charles Haley, I've got Tony Tolbert, Chad Henning, Russell Maryland arguing who gets to go over the weak tackle because it was their turn to get the sack. So you know, you're looking for guys. Yeah, how about that? How about if you're the tackle, you break the huddle, and you've got four guys standing over there arguing, it's my turn. No, I get them this time. It's my turn. That's literally the type of competition. And, you know, when, when, when we signed Deion Sanders, and on, on, on Fridays we will always ended the Friday session with a seven-on-seven, seven, you know, a, a two-minute whoever if you score you win if if we if uh, we stop you we win and every single time Dion would say that's it I'm going over and he would cover Michael Irvin and that was good on good iron sharpens iron all that good stuff that you hear when when you talk about uh, metaphors and sports and that's what we saw day in and day out so somehow some way coaches got to create a, a a level of of competition that you just they, they can't be matched and it's hard in today's NFL because there is no you know Oklahoma drill. There are no big, you know, uh, you know, every uh, Platteville. Remember the the very opening practice of Platteville. It was, you know, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, running back, linebacker. Let's go find out who can play. Th- those don't happen anymore. They can't because the way the NFL is structured with regards to what they can or can't do as far as contact goes. But you can still create competition, and if you can create competition that starts that should have already started on their, on their extra mini camp that they got for having new coaches. Um, if you can start and, and carry that onto the next mini camp and then into the, into the passing camps and quarterback schools, and then get that into training camp, I think you're going to be going in the right direction. It, it's got to be healthy. It's got to be um, competition day in, day out. And, you know, it, it used to be able to threaten guys with jobs. You, you don't do that anymore, but you've got to create that and get those right type of players that want to compete day in and day out. And I think 
that'll be the biggest step that they can take beyond personnel, beyond adding what we've talked about here this offseason, getting ready for, for, for the beginning of training camp and into week one. Jim, great stuff. Thank you for joining us. It was terrific. Thanks for sharing your knowledge with us. No have problem, guys. Weekend. I hope you have a great day. You too. That's Jim Schwantz. He is part of the Bears uh, pregame, postgame, halftime show on WBBM 780 AM, uh, our brother station uh, here at Odyssey. It was it was terrific. That was great stuff on Justin Fields and then competition, and yep. that'll be wonderful. So we'll take a break, and Mark Grody will probably be back joining us around sometime in the 1 o'clock hour for sure. Bears are going to be doing something. If you, Bears fan out there, have a thought, what they did, what you want them to do, what you think so far, 312-644-6767. We want to hear from you. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we'll get Bears fans' thoughts. You can text us that number, too, 312-644-6767, or give us a call and be live on the radio like we are. Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The School. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The School in Odyssey Station. Indeed it is in Odyssey Station and Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum and Mark, not Mark Grody, Mike Esposito. Although Mark Grody might be here at some point in time. He's, the, he's on the show. Soon. Yeah. He's we been on the on show. show. Yes. He'll be back yeah. on the show. And he's on the Indeed. next show. He did. He'll be speaking of that. <laughs> Scores NFL Bears draft show will air right after us. We'll take you up to two o'clock. Two to five thirty will be this draft show with Mully, Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and Mark Grody. And Grody will re- be reporting live from Hallis Hall. We hope he'll be doing that for us sometime in the next hour because the Bears will be picking twice in three picks, 148 and 150. They also added two seventh-round picks today. They traded back to the Chargers a, a six-round draft, a 2023 six-round draft pick they got in the Cleo Mack deal. They traded it back to the Chargers, next year's six-rounder, for two seventh-rounders this year. So the Bears will have five picks on the day. They're waiting to make their first of the day, and Grody will be back with us. Draft coverage on the score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. You know, I, I the, we read so much in trying to be up on who these players are, who the Bears drafted, who they could have drafted, what it is. And one of the things that certainly would have to jump out at you, Kyler Gordon grew up in Seattle where his first loves were martial arts and dance. Mm-hmm. At age eight, he was named Mr. Spotlight at a national dance competition. And at nine, he joined the hip-hop dance team for the Seattle Storm of the WNBA. That is Kyler Gordon, the Bears' first pick this, this uh, the, the first pick in the second round, their first pick this in 2022. So you learn that kind of stuff. And did you see the tape of Jaquan Brisker? I sure did. When he was informed he was a bear? He was a happy man. Yeah, he was. was, You got the steal of the draft. He told that Uh to Ryan Poles, and he told that to Matt Eberflus. Well, and and they gave the the, uh, GM typical draft uh, comment, boy, we couldn't believe he was there when we picked at 48. And, you know, I mean, that, that was not a surprise at all to hear. But, I mean, listen. These are guys we talked about it with Schwantz, right? I mean, these are guys that are going to step up, step in, and start immediately. 
Um, and they're going to have to. And I, and I like, you know, the, the Kyler Gordon stuff. I found it fascinating that as a kid, before he even started to play football, right, the things he was into were dance and martial arts. And and what they've said, you know, they being the uh, the draft experts, the scouts, the people who, who, you know, who put together these type of profiles is that you can really see those skills and those attributes in how he plays football. And he's got great closing speed. He's very athletic. Um, you know, all those things that you can see that would be a benefit from having done all of that as a kid. Um, and I'm excited to see Gordon up close. I mean, obviously, and I don't know about you, Steve, but I haven't watched a whole lot of Washington Husky football lately. I did see the highlight packages, but I'm excited to see Kyler Gordon up close and to see him opposite uh, Jalen Johnson. Um, and that's always the fun part of this draft is is getting to uh, see exactly what these guys look like once they get in here. Um, and, and we'll see who they have. We, we should be hearing from Grody very soon. Uh, pick 141, the Ravens is on the clock, so the Bears are less than 10 away uh, from their double whammy fifth-round pick, so we should be hearing from Grody again very soon. Uh, Kyler Gordon shouted out to Bears fans uh, with a vow to bring high-energy. Quote, I want you to know that when I come to Soldier Field and I'm there, I just want it to be live and popping. I want to interact with y'all. I want to get turnt. And really, who who doesn't want to get turned? It's been a long I think time pe- since we all got turned. <clears throat> I think people turn into this show to, to find things popping. I think that's exactly what we're we're helping provide here. And uh, Kyler Gordon will, will certainly assist with that. Yes. Yes, he will. And the uh, one of the interesting things about in, in the reading of, um, if you read Dane Brugler's The Beast, his draft report, yep. and you look up Jaquan Brisker and you look up Kyler Gordon and there's so much to read. But two things, the, the one thing, one of the things that jumped out in the rundown of each of their strengths, weaknesses, and summaries, neither of them committed a penalty last season. Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to be on one, the Bears? One, I, I'm saying one's a cornerback <laughs> and one's a safety, and neither of them committed a penalty. Now, they, I just, I, I, great. That's a great place to start. It's a high bar. It, yes. You probably never maintain that. But the idea that, that those that's a trend I can I can live with, I would endorse, I'm all in favor of. Go. You go, Ryan Poles. More guys who didn't commit a penalty because that's terrific. And actually, uh, our buddy Mark Potash from the Sun-Times, uh, I saw this in his piece talking uh, about uh, Brisker, the safety. Uh, and this was a quote from uh, his secondary coach at Penn State. He basically said... You know, he's not too grabby in coverage. You'll see a lot of guys who will hold, but he is not that guy. That's probably the biggest thing as far as watching his tape. Uh, They tug at the back of the jersey or they wrap them up on the shoulder pad, and that is not brisker. That is not how things, um, how he has worked over over time. So certainly encouraging. And, and of course, we kid that, you know, if they uh, don't commit penalties, then they can't play on the Bears because of what we've seen in the past. But, uh, certainly welcome to, to have these these new skilled guys on that defense because it's needed. Listen, and we talked about this with Schwantz too, right? You traded or let go in free agency, you're old, and I don't want to say bad because they were not bad, but, you know, Khalil Max and Akeem Hicks are Pro Bowl-type players, but they're old, and they're not part of your future, and you are in a rebuild. So you have to get these kids. You have to let them play. There's no point in getting a 
you know, a 30 year old, uh, whatever, when you need to get younger and, and more, uh, explosive and more talented on, on that defense, uh, you're, you're looking for guys that you're going to build with and not guys in the win now phase. And I think that's been painfully obvious ever since, uh, polls took over. It was pretty stark. Uh, Brad Riggs pointed it out in the Tribune and in, in writing about what the Bears did in the draft and how <clears throat> Ryan Poles addressed a need. Like, how could he not address a need by whatever he did? But in choosing and going after the, the cornerback and the safety, and so focusing on the secondary, here's how bad the Bears' secondary was. I didn't realize it. he made it, Biggs, he made it really stark. The Bears were fourth in sacks. You would think a good pass rush would allow cornerbacks and safeties, defensive backs, secondaries to make plays. They were fourth in sacks, and they, they were the worst in the league in opposing quarterbacks' ratings. The quarterback rating for opponents was, was the highest in the league against the Bears. It just mm-hmm. stunned. That's how bad that secondary was. And so it certainly was seemed to be an area that needed it. We knew it needed to be addressed. We just weren't sure how it was going to happen. But that offensive line still remains. You know, Schwant said he thinks Jenkins and Borum are your, are your starting tackles. And Cordy Whitehair is there. Yep. And Lucas Patrick is there. And now you need a guard. And you, if you look at it that way, you say, well, then you, you don't have as many holes to fill. But what's the guarantee that Borum and Jenkins, Borum on the left, Jenkins on the right, that they can actually play. I mean, it's it's good to have a plan, but that doesn't mean it's a good plan. And you're, right. I I don't. I know the Bears. We we recently saw how steady of a tackle Charles Leno Jr. was. And that was a seventh round mm-hmm. pick. So it's not impossible. Yeah. You may not. Get, you're not going to get Jonathan Ogden in the second seventh round. But with two seventh round picks, maybe you find somebody. You go. Wait, this is good. This will keep our quarterback from getting killed, at least from that position, and then we only have several other holes to fill. I, I don't know. It seems really daunting, but Ryan Poles was pointing out cut-down days, undrafted free agents, um, salary cap casualties after June 1st, that kind of stuff. So he's really he's going to go garage sailing and try to piece together the offensive line, it looks like, unless I'm missing something, Espo. No, I, th- I think, and that's kind of why I asked Schwantz when we were talking to him, because just based on where they are now in the draft and you haven't touched offensive line through through the first three rounds, exactly what you said. You're not going to get a starter at tackle, especially, and most likely on the line in at the bottom of the draft. That just does not normally happen, Charles Leno being the exception. But obviously, you know, he took uh, some developing as well. But you, you took Jenkins in the second round last year. You took Borum in the fifth. And I know they liked Borum, both regimes, the last one and and the new one. But if you are going into that, I mean, you, you realistically are looking, unless you think you're going to get somebody off the street or somebody's going to get cut, you have to look at it if you're the Bears with Jenkins and Borum as your tackles and, and uh, Cody Whitehair. And uh, I don't know if Sam Mustafer is part of your uh, future or what. I mean, but you're... You're clearly uh, you, you have not valued offensive line as highly as some people thought you were going to in the draft. And maybe it's because the guys you wanted to take were gone already. But uh, just based on what you have, you're going to have to address that, certainly in the free agent market. 
We're talking NFL Draft here on The Score, and draft coverage on The Score is presented by Amco Transmissions and Total Car Care. Call 1-800-GO-AMCO for the location nearest you. We're about an hour away from The Score Bears NFL Draft Show. It'll air right after us from 2 to 5.30 with Mully, Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron, and live from Hallis Hall, Mark Grody. We hope to be speaking with Mark Grody in the next hour as the Bears have two picks approaching the the number 148 and number 150. And the news also is that the Bears picked up two seventh-round picks today by trading next year a six-rounder that they got from the Chargers, trading it back to the Chargers. That was the Khalil Mack deal. So they traded next year sixth for two sevenths this year. They're up to eight. So we will we will see what the Bears are going to do with that. And we'll take a break. He's Mike Esposito. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage. And we thank you for joining us on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.